For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome, Browns backers. I'm Chuck Campisi, joined by Tony Dick, and this is Believe in the Browns. And just to give you a quick background on who your hosts are, Tony Dick worked in various capacities with the Browns over the course of 21 seasons with the team. So when he mentions being in the building, it's being in the building. He started with the team as a member of the grounds crew in 91, Worked with them up until the time they left for the city who shall not be named. Uh, <laughs> he rejoined the Browns upon their return to Cleveland and served his last nine years with the team as the team's manager of alumni relations before leaving in October of 2015. Tony is also a member of the Pro Football Researchers Association and has served as a research assistant for several documentary projects with NFL Films, NBC Sports, Time Warner Cable Sports Channel, and Epics. Myself, I have experience in the sports industry in various capacities with Major League Baseball teams, NCAA programs, the Miami Dolphins, the Buffalo Bills, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, where I earned a Super Bowl ring with the Buccaneers. Super Bowl, anybody? 37. 37. Uh, and between Tony and I, we've probably worked about 20 Super Bowls. We're brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Welcome, Browns backers. I'm Chuck Campisi, joined by Tony Dick, and this is Believe in the Browns. We're brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, TuneIn, Spotify, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. You can find us at Believe.com or at Believe Podcasts. That's at B-L-E-A-V Podcasts. Tony, it's been a relatively quiet week for the Browns, which, in my opinion, is good at this point in the season. However, Greg Robinson is still on the team website. He and his 157 pounds of marijuana. Uh, the Underwear Olympics, better known as the NFL Combine, is currently going on. Um, and when there's some free agent news. What do you want to talk about first? What do we got? Uh, well, you know, I, I just, with the combine, I, I guess it's good that we have, uh, we're going to have actually um, people there. That, that'll be good. Um, it's, uh, Although it's, that hasn't seemed to matter in the past. I mean, uh, well, uh, <laughs> um, uh, come on now. Uh, this is a new, new day. New day, new new organization. All right, all right. New, new day. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if uh, everyone will be getting together this year for their, uh, you know, I, I hate the uh, I hate the Browns dinner at uh, uh, St. Elmo's Fire or what, <laughs> whatever whatever happened last year. All our former coaches, I guess, got together and had a uh, you know look at look at my four hundred one k party. Um, but um, I don't know. I, you know, I, I just think uh, very slow week for us. I think looking at free agency, um, I guess the big question on the horizon is. Um, are we going to make a big splash or are we just going to put our toe in the water, see what's going on? Um, where are we going to be at? I mean, we've got, you know, obviously a new captain 
steering the ship and um, they really haven't tipped their hand um, too much in regards to just how involved we're going to be um, with free agency and I guess for fans who are looking to you know get this thing going here um, I think I think we're just all anxious, anxiously awaiting what direction we're going to go in are, are, are we going to go after some big name people are are there any big name people who are willing to come here I, I think that's a question that needs to be asked and um, you know I, I guess we go from there I mean uh, on, as far as our free agents you know I was looking at the list of the uh, top 100 free agents available um, <laughs> you know unfortunately we come in at 43 and 53 on that list uh, those are the only two players uh, Joe Schobert at uh, 43 and Demarius Randall at 53 certainly two players who have contributed on our team but I'm not really I'm not really sure what what they would look like on another team um, if they would even be on a roster of another team. I think. Well, and I, I think they would be. I don't know if they'd be as sought after. I mean, I think, especially for Joe, I think he's a solid player, but I want to make sure we don't overpay for that. Yeah. And, you know, because of maybe a lack of talent or some injuries on other parts to the defense, he might have stats that are slightly more inflated than they would be if there were better players at some other positions or players – uh, weren't being suspended or injured at a certain rate. Uh, so I, I just want to make sure, yeah, I'd love to keep him around if the price is right. But this is a bottom-line business, and, and I just want to make sure he's not one of the, you know, we don't make him one of the top-paid linebackers um, in the NFL. And and that's, I mean, that's, I've heard more talk about him um than Randall, so I'm, that's where I'm going to go with that. I'll just I'll leave that there. I think the other key question is you're looking at the quarterbacks on the roster, right? You have Garrett Gilbert, you have Baker Mayfield, and you have Drew Stanton. Uh, obviously, we know Baker's going to be on the roster uh, come fall. The other two, I don't know. Obviously, it looks like there's rumors out there that the Browns are interested in pursuing um, Chase Daniels, also interested in, in pursuing Case Keenum. Um, I see a little more upside with Case Keenum um, than I see with Chase Daniel. Yes, Chase Daniel's been around the league forever, but he doesn't really have um, essentially any stats um, during that entire career. It, he's thrown a total of 200 passes and has started a total of five games. I think from a, that standpoint, I'd much rather have Case, um, Keenum, and then, hey, then fine if you want your QB3 to be Garrett Gilbert or Drew Stanton. Take your pick um, yeah. on that standpoint. Well, you, you know, where, where I, I sit on that, and I'm, I'm certainly not, I'm going to preface this with saying I'm not advocating the fact that we should abandon Baker Mayfield, but but I do feel like we should be bringing someone in here who has the ability to push Baker Mayfield. Um, I think when you, when you see that that drop off from year one to year two, um, that to me um, at, that to me says that we we probably need to bring in somebody here that's gonna that's gonna push him. I mean, it's one thing to bring in a coach that's gonna push him in the classroom, but we need someone that's gonna push him on the field. To get better, um, so and and I th I think we need to bring in someone who can, 
like I said, I, I I'm not looking for you know we're obviously not going to go after Drew Brees, uh, you, you know, but let's bring in somebody who's going to push him. Yeah, I heard and, Tom Brady's going to be on the market. Well, you, well, well the funny <laughs> thing is, uh, six of the top eight uh, free agents that are out there are um, our quarterbacks. So um, you know, you got Tannehill, Winston, Phillips, Prescott, Brees, and Brady. Um, like I said, I it's you know not not that any of those folks are getting ready to pack their bags to come here but but I do think that we have a quarterback that we need to push we, we need to bring somebody in here and I, you know I don't know do you go after a big name guy like a Mariota um, just to have somebody who can compete or, or do we feel like we don't we don't want to create that type of distraction I, I don't know I don't know I think I think the question then becomes um, what pick are you using on that? to to make sure that you get somebody of quality, right? Because there's no sense in, in burning a pick if it's just to bring in the illusion of competition, right? So if we're drafting somebody, realistically, in my mind, that's, you know, not a top three-round draft pick. Are we just burning that fourth-round pick that we could potentially use it on um, to add some depth to an O-line or to take a shot on, on a DB where that pick might be more valuable than, and everybody's going to throw Tom Brady back in my face, oh, he's a six-round pick. Yeah, and, and nobody knew he was going to be good either, right? And and how many six-round picks, you know, even become starters for two yeah. seasons, let alone the greatest quarterback in NFL history. So, you know, I'll put that to bed there. I just think if you're not doing it in the first three rounds, it's going to be tough, and I don't know if now is the right time to do that. I would agree with you in in theory. I'd love to have some competition, um, but I don't know where that's going to come from because I don't no. think they're going to go after any of those. You know, uh, even a guy like Tannehill, I don't think they're going to go after, which I think would be intriguing yeah. on this Browns roster because I think the way this Browns offense looks is, you know, I think we even have better receivers. But I think the running game and the focus on the running game is pretty similar to what they operated in Tennessee last year. Yeah. And and he was pretty effective down there last year. Yeah. No, no I, I agree. I agree. I, and I think, unfortunately for us, it almost feels like we're always, even though last year we talked about how, how much talent we had on that roster, it just seems like we, we, we're always – we're always having holes to fill. <laughs> I mean, and, and they're bad. I mean, we certainly, you know, the, the big ones we always talk about are your shutdown corner, um, you, you know, your left tackle. Do we have that? Um, you know, Schobert is our guy that's a free agent. But do we have a, a monster linebacker that can control in the middle? I don't think so. I mean, there's just a, a lot of a lot of positions out there that. Um, I, well, you know, I don't know. I'm. I'm... I'm reasonably happy with the defensive backfield and and the defensive line. Um, you know, I don't think they're the greatest units in the league, but I, I think they're far from the worst. I think they're they're pretty solid um, if you can keep those guys healthy, and that's always a concern. Um, I think you do need to upgrade at linebacker. I think every single person on the planet need, knows that both tackle positions need to be upgraded. Yeah. There's not even a doubt about that. You need to find a left tackle and a right tackle. And I don't know where you're going to find them because you're probably going to have to overpay for them in free agency. Yeah. And if you're bringing in guys out of the draft, then 
you're going to have to wait a year or two for those guys to develop. And that by then, I think we're going to be at the point where you're talking about Then There's going to be other holes to fill that this team's just not going to get over the hump then, and it's going to be a challenge. Yeah, that, it, that Conklin, um, I, I know they bandied about his name a little bit. Uh, Jack Conklin with the Titans, uh, he would be great. He's, he's a young kid. Um, I think he could probably step in right away or um, the Thune from uh, the Patriots, only because he fills multiple roles. I think he can play guard or tackle, which I, I think the more people we could have on our line that can do th- you know, things like that, the better. <laughs> um, because we don't really have a ton of depth. Um, you, you know, I, Well, to be honest, I don't think we have a ton of depth at any position. Running back, I think we're pretty set at running back. Well, I mean, but again, right, Kareem Hunt, it seems like the Browns are going to tender him as a restricted free agent. But if they don't, then he's a free agent, and mm-hmm. are they going to pursue him or sign him? And I think, you know, what are you getting for that? Not only, obviously, I think we know potentially the on-field production that you can get, but really it wasn't stunning the last eight weeks of the season. and But we know what we might be getting also off the field, and is that going to cause more problems than it's yeah. worth? Well, certainly. I, I think the most disappointing thing about his lack of production, I guess you could say, well, hey, you know, he needed time to get to know um, the offense and meld with the guys. But he basically came into the season with fresh legs up against defenses that had been playing, you know, including the preseason. They'd been playing for three months, you know, and there, I don't think there was any real glaring advantage for him having those fresh legs uh, coming in, I, his production wasn't that great. But um, his production was better by leaps and bounds when he was in Kansas City playing full seasons. Yeah. So yeah, I I, I don't know uh, where that's going to end up, but, but that's the interesting piece. I mean, there's a lot to think about, especially with the draft coming up and free agency approaching. Where do you try to fill those holes, and and with whom? becomes a key element of the entire process. And that's where we're going to see where, you know, if this front office can make their bones doing that. Because every previous front office has not been effective in in those tasks, whether it's them working independently or them working hand-in-glove um, with the coaching staff to develop those plans for whatever they may be. I don't know what our plans are. And I'm not necessarily saying that they don't have any because they haven't voiced them. I'm just hoping that they they have a pretty well laid out idea of how they want to construct this team and which players they're going to pursue and spend dollars on. Once again, I agree. (laughs) (laughs) That's easy. It's my easy out, right? That's that's the easy out. (laughs) Well, I I mean, it's just really right now. It's just hard to. It's hard to really. You know, I I know that doesn't. It doesn't bode well for two guys trying to put on a, a podcast, but but it's it's kind of hard to comment on. You know, we can say all we want about you know what we think we need and what direction we think we're going to go in. I think, but the tough thing as a fan and 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 as someone who's I'm being asked to report on this, we don't know what we've got. I mean, we 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 can kind of speculate or, or we can look back and see what our our coach has done in the past or our offense and defensive coordinators have done in the past or you know what our gm what his philosophies in the past have been but now that they're all together 
uh, sometimes those things change, ba- what you would hope, based on the roster that they have. And you just don't really know, I guess, what direction what direction this um, team's going to be going in. Like, what, what are we looking, what are we looking to become? What's going to be our, you, you know, our DNA? Um, you, you know, what, what are we going to look like on offense? I don't know. I think, I think they have held things pretty close to the vest and I don't necessarily mind that, but I think it does. It lends itself to either just raw rampant speculation, which I don't want to get into, or it lends itself to a lot of what we're having right now, kind of hemming and hawing about who's going to be where and which guys fit. I think we do have a general idea of positional needs. I don't think we have necessarily an idea of what skills we want those players to have. Uh, you know, having been a guy that was down in Tampa some of those corners we had on that team and some of those defensive backs we had on those teams, they were great cover two system cornerbacks. Um, you know, I think Rondé Barber is arguably a Hall of Famer, right? But if you would have put him in a different system, he might not have necessarily fit. So I think it does depend a little bit on the type of players we are going to draft and that we are going to pursue in free agency does depend on what type of defense are we going to be installing and and what type of offense we're going to be attempting to execute. We have some of those pieces in place, but we don't have enough uh, knowledge about what this new version of the Browns coaching slash run offense wants to do. Yeah, and I guess, you know, one thing I I don't think we've mentioned, but maybe we should, um, you know, we talk about we don't know what the offense is going to look like. I I guess we did, since our last broadcast, um, get uh, some verification that Alex Van Pelt's going to be the one who's calling the plays on offense. However, they did say that he will be calling the plays on offense in the preseason. Which, um, <laughs> well, that's, yes. I don't know if that, you know, if that was, uh, you know, meant to leave the door open um, for someone else calling them in the regular season, but at least we do know that um, that's who will be calling the plays, which, which makes me feel a little bit better. Because as we st- because as we stated last week, I think we both felt that uh, Stefanski, being a first time head coach, putting a ton of stuff on his plate would be uh, in error. So I don't know if they listened to our podcast uh, last week. I think and, uh, they did. Yeah, I think they did. Uh, but uh, I'd like to think that. But um, um, but it's good to know that Van Pelt's going to be calling the offense, and that we will have a head coach who was concentrating on being a head coach, which I guess is good. Yeah, I think that's key. And and like you said, though, it is good to have people actually going to uh, the Combine. Um, I think it's a little overrated in terms of the value it can bring. I think you see more Combine superstars, player busts, because somebody you know bench-pressed a certain amount or ran a certain speed uh, with no contact or football pads on. Uh, but it doesn't mean that it can't bring some value, even if it is incremental to the process. So it is just good to be there. Right? I think one, one of my favorite, uh, if you'll allow me to tell a little story, one of my, my one of my favorite little stories uh, from when my, my time with alumni was uh, when I was watching, one time we were watching the, uh, the combine on television while eating lunch at the facility. And, uh, uh, Dante Lavelli uh, was joining us for lunch, and he was just sitting there watching the guys run the forty, and he just started laughing. And um, it, it's just—it's funny that um, 
he's laughing, and I said, well, what's so funny, Dante? And he said, well, I just don't get this. These kids, what are they doing? They're, they're like... They're they're not even wearing uniforms like they they you know they literally have their underwear on yeah. and they're running around the and, underwear Olympics and I said well you know what did you guys do uh, you, you know as far as and he said well coach you know coach Brown was really the first person to use the forty yard um, you know dash time as a as a way to kind of gauge his players um, you know their value but uh, he said uh, the funny thing for him is he said the fastest forty yard dash he ever ran was in full uniform. Uh, he was in the United States Army, so full Army uniform, full backpack. And he said, we were running through the uh, the woods in the Ardennes Forest during the Battle of the Bulge. And he said, there was literally, you know, bullets whistling past his ear. And he said, I guarantee you on that day, Battle of the Bulge, when the Germans were chasing after us, shooting us, and we were running through the forest. He said, there isn't a damn kid in Indianapolis right now that would have caught, <laughs> caught me on that day. And, uh, you know, when, when you I think about probably it. probably accurate. Yeah, yeah. When you think about it, I mean, that is... It is a true statement. I know to, uh, earlier this week, the big quote-unquote controversy was the fact that Joe Burrows had a nine-inch hand. And, yeah, uh, wow. Which, you know, I, I don't know. I Having been at the college football uh, national championship game, I, I didn't really see that... Um, I didn't really see that affect him in any way, shape, or form. And I know the ball's a little bit bigger in the NFL, but I have a feeling that Joe Burrows, a kid who's been playing football probably since he could, you know, hold a football, um, he's going to be able to adapt to that. But but that's just one of those things when you talk about the silliness of the combine. Um, you know, how silly is it? Uh, you, Jerry Rice, if you watch Jerry Rice run the 40-yard dash, not, not an Olympic athlete. Not going to be confused for an Olympic athlete no. at any time, but... Uh, as we used to say when we would watch, um, you know, Josh Gordon on the team, it, does it matter that you're the fastest person on the field if you're the fastest person on the field running the wrong route? Like you got to the wrong place at the yeah. <laughs> faster than anybody. Yeah. You and, helped the defense more than anyone else on the play. But uh, but yeah, so I, I don't know. But it is good that I, I guess it is good that we have folks there assessing. To me, I've always felt that the combine should not be. Don't worry about the times and how much you could bench 225. Use that time to sit down and actually talk to people face-to-face and get an idea of what type of person they are. Because I'm a firm believer that like a Jerry Rice, you know, if you had gone to the, the combine and just focused on Jerry Rice's 40 time, you probably would not have taken a look at him for a wide receiver. Well, plenty of teams decided yeah. not to. Yeah, but when you talk to Jerry Rice, you sit down and actually talk to him, and you hear about you know him as a kid, you know hauling bricks with his dad, and the work ethic, and you know his beliefs and philosophies. You're going to take a guy like that because you know you're getting a solid human being, and and you, you know you well, can build that's from the thing. That. And, and I know obviously the agents do a lot of coaching now for for the combine that didn't happen in 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 Jerry's day, and even realistically until kind of the the early two thousands. But I'm also not a proponent of these front office folks or the coaches asking the asinine questions to try to get a rise out of people. Yeah. You know what? I, I agree. Have an honest conversation with somebody. Ask them about you know what it was like growing up. Ask them about some of the stuff. Because you, you can't necessarily lie about some of those types of things, yeah. right? How passionate are you about football? Uh, anybody could just – of course they're going to say, oh, this is the only thing I think about day and night, right? But if you start having conversations with people, you can figure out what some of their interests may be, how you know their life was growing up, some of the stuff maybe they overcome. And I think you get a better picture of individuals if you're just 
honest and upfront with them, then the likelihood of them being honest and upfront with you, even if they've been coached to be otherwise, is probably going to come through. Yeah. Well, I I, I think in. I don't want to spend too much time on Joe Burrow. I don't. I don't think he's got a chance of landing on our roster. But, he does not. But but a kid like Joe Burrow. I mean, that's a perfect example. Do do I care if he's got nine? If I'm if I'm even contemplating drafting him, I don't, I'm not even measuring his hands. You just go back and watch his Heisman acceptance speech. I think that's all you need to know about the kid. I mean, because you've got you've got the film that you could watch. Um, but I, I think. Watching him uh, and just his poise and who he chose to highlight and thank when he got that trophy tells me a lot more about him than the fact that his his hands nine inches and not nine and three quarters, uh, you know, or whatever. The, the, well, I think, and, and I think the thing was is that uh, Carson Wentz has a ten inch hand, I believe, and he had. 16 fumbles last year yeah. and the guy drafted right after him Jared Goff and when I'm not comparing their quarterbacking abilities but Jared Goff has a nine inch hand and I believe he only fumbled nine times last year so I'm assuming those two might be you know it's it doesn't really and if you read the um, uh, I think it was Fleming piece on ESPN.com about it um, you know, there's no correlation between hand size and, and literally anything uh, performance-related from a quarterback standpoint. So uh, so I think we can put that one to bed. And the problem for us with uh, Joe Burrow is mostly that he's probably going to be playing us twice a year, and that's not going to be great for well, our and, squad. And I think uh, it was uh, Mahomes. Um... I, I like Mahomes' response, and it was good to see. You know, we get back to the character issue. It was good to see Mahomes, who obviously doesn't have skin in the game. Uh, he jumped in with the uh, the tweet: uh, "My small hands are are doing all right so far." Um, yeah, I, I think that that was good to see. And once again, that that's an example of one just how much that's not a factor, but two uh, how much character matters. Because I think we can both agree that Mahomes is a, a guy you'd want on your team. Um, Character-wise, I, I, I think so. I think so. Our guys seemed to like him when they were working with him at the Steinberg thing a couple yeah. years ago. But uh, so I think so. that's all we got, Browns backers. We can get more into the draft and more into uh, free agency as those things kind of pick up. If again, if you enjoy the show, please subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, Luminary, and tune in. You can find us at Believe.com or at Believe Podcast. That's at B-L-E-A-V Podcast. If you're interested in advertising on the show, please contact Believe at Believe.com. And we are brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? We'll see you next time. Jump check. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.